Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Did we talk about this before? <clears throat> Excuse me, I think quarterback is the most difficult position in all of sport. Did we talk about that before? I certainly had that talk, but I tend to agree. I think it is. Yeah. <sighs> Don't know. What, what would it be? What's, then? what's more difficult than being a quarterback? You got to go through that whole playbook. Oh no, all. that's what all the American sports guys say. They yeah. always have like pictures. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're just throwing a ball. Yeah, you look, well, I mean, what does a quarterback do? No, but right. <laughs> no, I don't. Know. <laughs> but the, the quarterback's got like what is it, ten or eleven guys that are like at least. He's not throwing it straight most of the time. Yeah, they're right. They're like two hundred kilos rushing at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the shape of eleven guys. Uh, you know, it's not even a contact sport. No, I'm not saying that the pitcher's even the, the most difficult. I'm saying actually even just hitting a baseball is incredibly Well, that's difficult. a different thing, isn't it? That is the most difficult task in sports then maybe. You know, like single move is oh. hitting the baseball. Maybe that's... Uh, I did that batting cage before. Did you ever do that? Uh, no, I played baseball in school and I sucked. You played baseball in school? Yeah, we like in... I, so in Germany, you can, you, you can put, uh, pick like a... Like one, how do you say? Like one, one lesson where you have that you have like every day, and I pick yeah. sports. My school, I could I was able to pick sports, and um, so you play every single sports day because you sports lessons every day. What grade yeah. did you get? Well, um, I finished with the top grade, fifteen points in uh, theoretic. I had a theoretic part and an uh, active part, both fifteen. My only good grade. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, don't true. ask about any other grades, and it will stay impressive. <laughs> okay. Well, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Manu Dominguez. Hi, hi, young. Paul Guilin. Hello. And Nico Hamer. Hey. Should you wish to get in touch, podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send your emails. We do really appreciate them, so please keep them coming in. Nico, last weekend, biggest derby in Germany. Yes. Uh, John Joe Kenny, who we've established is from Liverpool and not Scotland, as I was guessing earlier, uh, said the game of the atmosphere gave him goosebumps. I'm happy for him. Did it do? <laughs> did it do the same for you? I mean, the Revier Derby is is normally one probably the best atmosphere you can you can get in German football in the Bundesliga. Normally, um, is I, it better at Schalke or at Dortmund? Um, I would say Dortmund, but I tend to say that this Derby was a bit underwhelming um, from both perspective, even like on the pitch and off the pitch. So the team wasn't both teams weren't really able to to like to set the, the fans on fire because they just felt like they were given it all which the fans especially in the in the uh, Ruhrgebiet don't appreciate the only thing they expect from you in the Riviera Derby is you give it all you you, you tear opponents apart and you can even go down like 0-3 but if you've given it all they won't mind and they'll cheer for you and I felt like they didn't really do that but happy for John Joe why were some of the fans behind the goal wearing white uh, my wife was asking me this and I didn't have the answer were they well it must be the Schalke fans then yeah with uh, the Schalke fans some of them were wearing white I Actually, I don't know why they're wearing it, but um, Schalke is blue and white. and um, But they had like white t-shirts on or something like that. Yeah, there must have been a fan action, I really don't know. But Schalke fans is a very active fan scene, one of the better organized scenes in Germany. And um, they have like, uh, they do stuff like that quite often. So. Basically, you've let my wife down by not giving me the answer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll have to uh, look it up later. Okay. <laughs> Tweet it out. Thank you. Uh, talk to us about Dortmund. So we we talked a little bit about them last week and some of their problems and, and all that went. But you, as you say, were left decidedly unimpressed by them. Yes. Um, Dortmund is, is weird at the moment. So they just went through in the cup yesterday with two very low, late goals. They've been down till minute 77, I think. And um, they, for me, still have the best roster in the entire league. Better than Bayern, at least when it comes to like the depth of the of the squad. Um, they they but we all expected this still rather young team to take the next step this season, and they just haven't done it. Actually, um, if you get into a situation like Dortmund was in, where you like draw a few games, you should have won, and then. There are situations where a team bounces back from that stronger and then they start rushing over opponents. But for Dortmund, it feels like they don't even really care about it. It's a, it's a, it's a, this team does not have the spirit that Dortmund used to have. The fire is lacking a little bit, I'd say. Who's responsible for that? Well, it's, it's, it's hard to say, man. Like, 
Dortmund, it feels like they basically... I thought they brought the ball back Hummels too. They brought back Hummels and they brought, they brought in like players like Brandt and Schultz so they added experience and young talent, explosiveness. So everything that, if looking at last season, you felt like that's what they need. And that yeah, the summer really transfers looked amazing. Brilliant, before the brilliant. Season. And now it's just not coming together the way they planned it. And I really think that they themselves have no idea what it is. They have their coach, Lucien Favre, who's, um, who has a record in the Bundesliga of being brilliant. And then after like one, one and a half seasons going down really really quick with this performance and it feels a little bit like that's happening at Dortmund already Ooh. and then also something that really bothers me is they have Jaden Sancho who's 19 years old now and it feels like the only concept they have is give the ball to Sancho he'll do something and that's not really working out that's what I do in my FIFA team (laughs) give the ball (laughs) to Sancho (laughs) has that worked out for you so far not well (laughs) bit like Dortmund do you think I'd learn are you a decent player nah <laughs> Do you play? Yes, but I only play pro clubs. Are you good? Yeah, I play against Patrick, and I have to say that no, he's not a decent player. <laughs> I beat you more often than I lose, though. Wait, hold on. Did you beat him? Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. But I have to say that he beat me even a couple of times, but I don't know. His, uh, their, uh, his goalkeepers are always having an amazing oh, performance. I don't understand why. Has he juiced them? Sour grapes, Ian, <laughs> sour grapes. Uh, I've never even opened FIFA. So there you wow. Go. It is. Uh, Lewis Abros last week reckons Favre will make it to the end of the season, which annoys me because I want Mourinho to take over. <laughs> uh, are you as confident as he is? Um, Dortmund don't really have a history of sacking mid-season like that. That is the problem. That Dortmund, like the last in the last five years, they sacked coaches mid-season twice or maybe three times, and it never worked. It didn't out work whatsoever. Out, yeah. So I'm sure that they will try at any cost to to end the season with Lucien Favre. But if you'd ask me if he'd be the coach next season, hundred percent not. Thing oh, is, 100% no, not if they don't win the league now, after what's happening at the moment and it feels like he's le- losing the squad more and more and um, I, I just don't see it and um, what are the chances of Mourinho honestly I, I Dortmund that's not a Dortmund signing whatsoever I can't see it happen I would but think how amazing it would it be would, it would be great it would love certainly it. not be I would even love it more at Bayern to be honest because him Hoeneß and Rummenigge together that would be so explosive I'd, uh, I'd love that but um um, I have a feeling, and no sources or information whatsoever, but I have a feeling that they're leaning strongly towards uh, Kofeld from, from Bremen, the Bremen coach. He's a young, energetic coach. He's very passionate. He fits in very well with the with the uh, idea that Dortmund wants the team to play football, so mm. my money would be on Th- That Jurgen Klopp guy in Liverpool, he's decent too, and he's German. <laughs> He'd I just, be great for the job. Yeah, I just got asked if I two play uh, two coaches uh, for Bayern and Dortmund who I'd pick and straight up go club back to Dortmund, Guardiola back to Bayern. Just roll it back. I want to see that again. It was a great time. Or maybe Mourinho will actually end up at Madrid. They can't do that. To be honest, I don't think so. I mean, Zidane had his match ball last week in Istanbul. At the end, he won now. They are coming like easy matches for Real Madrid, so I guess that everything around Zidane is going to calm down. And I don't see Mourinho going back to, to Spain at least uh, this season. Also, Luka Jovic just is... scored, so now they... Mm. He's going to be good. Now. Oh, he did score, didn't he? First yes, goal. the fifth in the 90 plus one or something. He scored the fifth goal. You're breaking my heart here with your anti-Mourinho <laughs> agenda, you do. Uh, elsewhere, FC Lewandowski. That's, that is honestly a crazy story. I mean, he had quite the weekend, didn't they? God, yeah. Lewandowski is the entire Bayern team by now. It's so if, from what it feels like, it's half a Kimmich, half Serge Gnabry, and the rest is over Lewandowski, the entire team. Um, they were down in the cup against Bochum, who were 16th in the second division, mm. and. Because way below, played, way below my beloved Kiel. Yes, mm-hmm. way below Kiel, and they subbed Lewandowski at halftime, even though they were planning not to play him at all. But they couldn't cut it against Bochum. Sorry, they subbed him on. They subbed him on in, in the halftime because they couldn't do it. They, they, Bochum was clearly the better team against Bayern <laughs> in the first half. They were playing a seventeen-year-old centre back. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, the halftime they were losing one zero, right? Exactly, exactly, and they not playing well either. Not at all. Like I said, Bochum was the better yeah, team. Yeah. They were better than Bayern, and yeah, like. <laughs> There's, I saw a meme recently where basically uh, Kimmy was talking to Niko Kovac and Kovac asked him do you know what to do and Kimmy said no and Kovac said yeah me neither tell Levy I said hi <laughs> and that's pretty much how it is it's Lewandowski it's their insurance 210 goals in 256 games 
it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And the thing is, um, I think I said that here before, that uh, he even stepped up his game again this mm-hmm. this season. He's better than he looked last year. Um, he, looks, the, he looks even stronger. He's, he's still... Yeah. What people always underestimate is, first, how fast he is for his size. He's so quick. Um, and second, how important he is actually for the build-up of Bayern. He drops back. Um, he, he, uh, he passes very well. Um, he's able to get high balls and uh, make sure that the rest can can push forward he's the blood of FC Bayern yeah. um, my question is how he stepped it up I mean loss of Robin and Ribery who were more selfish players and in place we now have players like Gnarby and um, what's his name uh, Perisic Perisic yes yeah. Perisic is that part of the reason too that they are he's got more suppliers now rather than people who are taking goals from him I would even I, yes But I think that the most important part is, part is that he just decided, well, nobody else can do it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And he he drops back further than he did in the last few years. He collects the ball the balls in midfield. He carries them up front. He's doing a lot of work for Bayern at the moment. And I just feel like he came to the conclusion, if I don't do it, nobody else will do it. Okay. And he's not going anywhere either, despite Real Madrid. No, no, no. That, that thing's over. Thing, yeah. Until he basically can't walk, he's going to stay at Bayern. Okay. Only four players have scored more Champions League goals than him. We know who two of them are, Messi and Ronaldo, in case you're wondering. Uh, can anybody name the other two? Raul. Raul is one. Van Nistelrooy? No. Benzema. 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 Yeah. I mean, Benzema is happening something similar that, that my colleagues say about Lewandowski. I mean, Ronaldo, Ronaldo went to Juventus and he decided, okay, right now is my moment. I'm the one who has to play. And he's going back, controlling the ball, and his numbers in the last two seasons are being exceptional. I like Benzema. Yeah, he's a good striker. Yeah. He's be like the dream. Not if you were just a selfish striker who wanted to score goals. I think he'd be like the dream to play alongside. Yeah. You so can Benzema. See, yeah, you oh. can see why Ronaldo loved him. Yeah, even yesterday, two assists, another goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, question from Vihan. Uh, it asks Anand yeah you guys are FIFA experts yes perfect oh. why did FIFA give Lewandowski a downgrade when he scored so many goals last season I have absolutely no idea I, maybe they just do it when players get older like over 30 yeah just... I think that's exactly what it is they just say oh he's another year older you got to put the yeah. pace stats down and whatnot. But... there's no explanation to that no, okay. doesn't, yeah, make, it doesn't okay. make sense let's not get too caught up with that he all, uh, Vian also wants to know how many goals uh, you think Lewandowski <laughs> will score this season uh, he reckons 47 which seems a lot Whoa, in all competitions or yeah let's go all competitions okay well yeah it couldn't be the Bundesliga I mean, well, I mean, I mean, I mean he's got like 15 already or even 20 Yeah, all competitions he's close to 20 now. I think 19 is it. It, it is. I think 47 is not that far away. No, no, no. The Bundesliga record is 40, and at the moment he looks more or less on pace to break even that. And that um, is a record that everybody said like it's not even close to be touchable. I think the second highest in the last 20 years uh, was like 33, and that was Lewandowski. And um, is it Gerd Muller with the 40? Yeah, yeah, he's got okay. 40. Wow. Mm. Look at that. Yeah, knowledge. Okay. Uh, he's he's number one, two, and three for most most goals in one season. Bundesliga. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, I found out another thing about Lewandowski recently. His wife is a former karate champion. Yes, she's like a personal trainer. trainer. She does yeah. like his diet and all that mm. stuff as well. Uh, yeah, they're power couple. Turn, that is a power yeah. couple, mm. just like me. Um, nine <laughs> games into the season, Gladbach. Yeah, are on top of the table. Did I read that right? Yes. Gladbach are on top of the table? I'm pretty sure you could ask any Gladbach player or fan or coach and they wouldn't even have an answer if you read that right. <laughs> it is, they've, they've been doing all right. They had a rather easy start to the season and um, the Bundesliga is just, honestly, quality-wise, not very good this season. It, it's at times it's shocking to watch games and um, and I just think that's just the outcome like Bayern have their issues Dortmund have their issues Leipzig technically should be on top but they still yeah. manage to to lose games that they shouldn't lose like Freiburg last se- weekend and Gladbach they just there but yeah we kind of win our games I think they have like five or maybe six wins in nine games so it's it's decent start but it's not like dominating the league and yeah. are they going to pull a Leicester I, I can't see oh. and yeah Bayern is going to win the league and I'm going to say that till till like two minutes before the end of the last match day okay um, that lack of quality would probably explain why Freiburg are also near the top that's another same story with Leipzig. they have no idea Freiburg is the phenom- phenomenon of the Bundesliga I'm pretty sure every Bundesliga fan Every single match day, when they see the lineup of Freiburg, there are at least two names they've never heard of. Oh, we were talking about this the other day. So you look through that team, and it's like there's 
there's nobody in it that like strikes you as oh yeah he's yeah. like a household name it's just all these guys that like in strike system they all just work there's like, a lot to be said for that, no? no absolutely yeah, okay. it's amazing absolutely. I mean uh, when Luka Waldschmidt they uh, he's they maybe the big great player yeah. that they snapped up very cheap then they have obviously Nils Pedersen who's a good Bundesliga striker they have Grifo in midfield who they loaned out twice before they signed him and he's a brilliant player I uh, love his style of play but behind that I mean yeah. in midfield they still play in Mike Franz who's 33 and even 10 years ago wasn't good enough for the Bundesliga <laughs> <laughs> he's, their he's their captain yes Yes. Nice. Uh, for the first time ever, we're probably going to talk about Kiel on the podcast. Yeah, well, no, you mentioned them quite often, right? Why do you mention them, but actually uh, properly talk about them? What's the Kiel loving with you, then? I got the, uh, my in-laws are from northern, oh. that, that part of northern Germany. Okay. So uh, when they were doing quite well in the Bundesliga yeah. last season, I jumped on the bandwagon. Hope you bought the jersey. It's quite nice. It is. Yeah, it's quite I, nice. Jersey. I'm also it is a it is a nice one, but I'm also quite a I like Kiel the handball team too. Oh, yeah. well, he's got, got all in good. on the yeah. yeah. Kiel train was the best team in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah with Omeyer and Lucha. I think I think we came second in the league. They probably had something interesting happen this weekend. Anyway, I mean. The last I've never seen anywhere else. No. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. So what happened was um, they were playing Bochum and um, in Kiel, I think, and Bochum was, they took a shot and it went, went wide to the left and uh, substitution players were warming up behind the goal line and one of them stopped that shot. It looked like it was across the line, but it wasn't. So he stopped that ball that was going wide, not even close to the goal. He stopped it in uh, the in the box, basically, and it, <laughs> the referee gave a penalty for, for Bochum, and they scored. So it, I've never seen anything even close to that, and it's such a harsh punishment. That's what I think as well. But I think like, it's the right, the, by the letter of the law, the referee got it right, oh, I think. No, but the ball's almost it's, out of play. He's just, like, stopping it to stop it going I flying mean, away. The, the Bochum, Don't put your foot, that's what the ball boys uh, are for. Yeah, but even the Bochum players were Turning around, I mean, the situation's over, and then they scored. It didn't matter. Kiel won in the end. Of course um, they did. The mighty Storks. Yeah, the mighty <laughs> Storks. Also, Bochum's not very good. Besides oh. playing Bayern. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they play Bayern. Okay. Hamburger still top. Hamburger is still top. They crushed Stuttgart in the league, and then they played them again four days later and got knocked out in the cup. They did crush them in the league. It was like six, six two. two. Yeah, it was a crazy game. See? No. No. I've been learning about this Bundesliga advice thing. Yeah, and Hamburgers, they're finally going to do it. They're, they're coming back. I, now that I said it, I probably jinxed it. But yeah, um, I hopefully. think they're, they're going, nah, man, Bundesliga needs them. I can't I can't see another season of Paderborn. And <laughs> this, is their, this is their second season in the second yeah. division, right? Yeah. And it wasn't planned like that. They were communicating very open that the, that the Bundesliga advice an easy league and they're getting promoted first yeah. for <laughs> first try it's the most humble story ever yeah we thought that was Sunderland and then they just yeah. kept sliding oh, so yeah. well, hopefully they don't do a Sunderland yeah. well yeah. that would be entertaining that would be interesting okay. the, the club would break apart but you'd get a good documentary out of it. <laughs> cool because that's what we need more pointless football docu- uh, documentaries yeah. you know Spurs are doing one at the moment Cologne did one apparently that I haven't heard of. Dortmund did one, but has yeah, anybody that one's not very good. Like, you know what one really needs to come out? <clears throat> Excuse me. You know what one really needs to come out is the one. Yeah, uh, they did it about PSG that time when they were like, "Oh, we're going to beat Barcelona." And then they, they had that amazing comeback. Were they doing a, a? They were doing a documentary of that season. Where is it? That's why I, I don't know They'll if you remember. Never but, see but, the light of day but, now. But before those games, they had all of these clips of Verratti and all of that coming out, and nobody really knew where they were coming from. And Verratti and everybody was like, "Oh, this is easy. We're going to get through." Oh. You know, <laughs> we couldn't possibly throw away a five-goal lead or what, whatever ridiculous yeah. thing it was. Oh shit! Yeah, never came out. <coughs> That's what we need to see. Mm-hmm. We do. We don't need any of these glossy nah, documentaries. Uh, football documentaries should they should stop right now. Yeah, but that, that Sunderland one is good though. I think. Yeah, that, that, that is, that's good. Very cheap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even Barcelona one is coming at the end of this this month. It's it's called Match Day, and they are gonna film like five different matches that they play in last season, mm-hmm. and it's inside uh, talking the players, even Piqué with his family, and I guess it's gonna be at the end of the season, at the end of the month, it's gonna be released. Is one of them the Liverpool game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It the is. Away it, game? it is. It is. Yeah. It's gonna be the first image inside the changing room. And that's probably coming to Griezmann. Just doing another one by himself. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for La Liga in Spain. 
Yeah, let us say, yeah. It could be it, Yeah, it could be better if we had had the Clásico, but at the end it was not possible, but yeah, that's true. For those who missed out, could you give like a, a, a two-minute brief breakdown? I mean, yeah. Of what actually happened? There? Yeah, in that case, unfortunately, we, we cannot talk about football. It was something... something no related with that politics issues that they were happening in Barcelona and the city and even the Spanish government they decided that they were not able to keep the security uh, to to for that match especially because they were being protests and, and strikes in, in, in Barcelona for other issues and I guess it was a smart decision I mean let us wait two months that probably the situation calmed down and, and we can play that match especially we all all of us we know what does it mean Real Madrid and what does it mean Barcelona in terms of politics in Spain mm-hmm. so I mean, I agree with the decision that that La Liga and, and the Spanish government took. It's not often La Liga makes sensible decisions. No, to be honest, no. I mean, now we are the problem that when 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 is going to worried by this. Yeah. basically. It. The main thing is always this fight between the Spanish Federation and La Liga. Both of them they want to show that they have more power than the other one, and finally it's like the Spanish supporters we we are paying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What happens like because potentially there could be still trouble. Yeah, of course, nobody I mean, knows. When is it? it's December eighteenth? Is that when December eighteenth? La Liga is, is that when the remix is? But it's obviously a rematch. Yeah, but as you say, I mean, always can happen again. I mean, they know that El Clásico is the best, is the best. Let us say a speaker. Mm-hmm. They want to show why are they protesting, where are they're the problems that it's happening in Barcelona. Um, Clásico is going to be a match. This is streaming all around the world, so we will see what's happening. But of course, the situation and the tension was really high in the last week. Mm-hmm. So I mean, hopefully, in eighteenth of December. It's, it's going to be possible to, so you'd to have be confident that it will go ahead. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah. Okay. Otherwise, it could be it could be a mess. In Spain, in Spain, we were laughing about Argentina because he was not able to play Boca River last last year there, and yeah, let us bring it to 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 Madrid to Spain, and now we are not able to guarantee the security for one Barcelona Real Madrid. Which kind of country we are? Right. Maybe you bring the Clásico to Argentina. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are paying the debt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's student exchange yeah. sort of thing. Let's bring it to Berlin. Hey, yeah. I, we've got a yes. great stadium. Where we do it, it's not Olympia Stadium. No, 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 I'm talking about Altafor. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I was going to ask you about uh, Zidane and his chances of being fired this season, but things have picked up a little bit during the week and the last few games. Yeah, as I said, he had his match ball last week in Istanbul. Even the Mourinho's ghost was around. But he won that match, even in my, in my opinion, Real Madrid didn't play well. Galatasaray was a kind of Pro Evolution Soccer 6 team with some really old players that now they are not performing yeah, as well. That whole team is like guys who are like free agents and you just pick them up off like yeah, Nagatomo, crazy. Falcao. Yeah. Uh, Turkish football had that for a while. Remember like Roberto Carlos yeah. was there? And yeah, Schneider as well. Yeah. But I, I was in Pireos last week and I was so excited I had Balbuena and then he was injured for the game. Because oh. I would be another, another one of these guys, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then they, they won, they won last two, night? Yeah, it was last night they won five zero against Leganes is in the bottom of the league uh, but Real Madrid played well yesterday the first 10 minutes two goals Benzema providing assist even Jovic scored Rodrigo scored even so Jovic I mean scored. Yeah, yeah. the situation for Zidane is start to be better uh, and now the following matches are quite easy as well because they play at home against Betis and again against Galatasaray so for me that situation about the Clásico was the best thing that could happen for, for Zidane and probably at least till Christmas the situation is going to be quite okay in, okay. in Madrid because if they had lost the Clásico then <sighs> things, things would have got sticky yeah look what happened with Lopetegui last time it was 5-1 and he was fired we will see Cam noise. yeah it's always complicated oh, that's, that's very very true uh, speaking of uh, Barcelona um, every time I look at the Spanish websites or the, the Spanish newspapers which is very often of course <laughs> uh, they, they're always so eager to get rid of Ivan Rakitic I don't can it, is he that terrible or is he that expensive or is, he, or is he that expensive well you're the Spanish expert so you can tell us to be honest I think that I, I'm a Rakitic fan mm-hmm. that's, that's the, the first thing and I think that the, what is happening with Rakitic is that Barcelona supporters they were demanding a change last, last, last year after what happened in Liverpool the, the change was the coach but it didn't happen you cannot change Piqué you cannot change Jordi Alba Suarez Messi so at the end the easy choice was Rakitic and um, 
in order to answer that demanding for the supporters, just Valverde said, okay, let us change that face, that it's Rakitic, that is an amazing professional player. He's always giving his best. Uh, never in trouble, never in the wrong headlines. Never has said any war, I'm not playing, I'm unhappy for that. Mm -hmm. He's training, trying to give him his best. And my opinion is, if he doesn't leave the team in Christmas, that probably will happen, I guess that he's going to be an important, an important player in March, April for Barcelona. Where is he going to go? Uh, media are talking about Inter Milan but to be honest I guess that 99% of the teams around the world it could be an amazing sign for them but there is an Inter Milan signing especially like in the in like since summer they they really they really like their old guys and uh, they like Croatians there too that, that are, absolutely yeah. they were looking for Modric yeah they didn't like yeah, Paris have, much though they, like they have Brozovic as well yeah. uh, very good uh, can we talk about Granada because in a sort of similar way they were top of the table only a few days ago yeah, yeah, I guess it's similar that is happening in Bundesliga. The level of the best teams is not being the best. I mean, Messi was injured in the first uh, month, month and a half. Then we have Real Madrid that is having his its issues as well. And Granada at the end, I mean, they are doing well. So because finally, if you if you look the numbers, they are concede uh, ten goals in ten in ten matches. Of this, from these ten goals, eight of them they were in two matches against Real Madrid and Granada, and Real Madrid and Villarreal in the first day. So we have like two goals in eight matches so that means that defensively they are an amazing team Jeez, with a coach absolutely brilliant and and that's especially in my opinion it's quite similar that Getafe was doing last last year mm -hmm. a, a big team no big no big names but strong at strong defense defense and and that's that's been the point where why they they can be even today on the top of the of the league if they win against Getafe well they can beat Getafe yeah we will see but Getafe is a good is a good team as well how long can they last that high in the table is this just a sort of fleeting moment of beauty or we will see to be honest I don't think so that they are going to be able to win today in Getafe so okay. I don't think so they will be in the top of the table again bursting my bubble here <laughs> uh, the quick side note on Real Madrid I don't know if any of you saw this Gareth Bale Ah, yes. Didn't know who the Prime Minister of England yeah. was. And it, it was told it was Boris Johnson and said, I thought he was still mayor. Yeah. That's... I'm almost impressed. Uh, How could you not know that? I... I this, is, this is a level of not knowing that yeah. I actually appreciate it to a certain point. I'm like, okay, you read, just don't give a fuck at all. Yeah. You live in your spaceship and you do what you want. That's it. What kind of bubble do you live in? Like, that... And he, he brought up golf every chance he could get in that interview. He, he brought up golf, golf quite a lot. How long is he already in Real Madrid? Six years, isn't it? And he's, not able, he's not able to say one word in Spanish. I mean, yeah. of course he's living in his bubble. Yeah. He can't, he do nothing in Spanish. No, no, no at least okay. I, I have never heard him. Okay. I wish people could have seen your face, Ian, when I you just said that. How can you not know? I don't know. Does his mum not send him a postcard? Or Does like, more, yeah, keep him updated. Like, he must know people back in the UK. Or he's trolling us all. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he's he he seems like, like he's, not he's, given, a, he's not given he's not given a fuck I think, anymore. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. He, he just he, just yesterday he said the higher the higher up you play in professional football, the less fun it is. Like he's just he knows Kier. The greatest time is behind him. Maybe. You know who's having a lot of fun these days? Martin Odegaard. Oh, yes. That's all see you, He's doing well, right? Wow, in my opinion, top three best players of the season so far. Wow. What's what? How come? Like, is it just he's been given his chance at Sociedad, or has he matured, or why? Why so good? I mean, yeah, he wasn't on the news when he was 16 years old. He got to go to Real Madrid, so at that moment, it's quite quite difficult. He went on loan to a really weird teams, for example, Willemsby and Herenbeek. Um, there was a moment that he said, okay, I want to go alone to one place at least two years. So, and he's still keeping that idea. He, I want to stay this season in San Sebastián and the next season too. That's a really in intelligent movement. and, and good, good place to live too, San Sebastián. And even the team fits perfectly for him. Players like Oyarzabal, Porto, William Jose, that they are running around him. And he's having a key role that it's the most important thing for him. So... As I told you, last, last match against, against my team, against Delta de Vigo, uh, he was doing nothing. And in the minute 70, he got a ball. He put the, put the ball through the defense. Mm -hmm. Key assist and Real Sociedad won the three points again. So. I, I think you just said he was loaned out to weird, some weird teams. We partly agree, but that certainly was the plan to loan him out to the Netherlands. Because I think by now, the Eredivisie is probably the best league for young talent. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he was actually last year. Last year was at Vitesse, I think uh, Vitesse Arnhem, yeah. and he was really, really good there. Yeah, in the one of the best players. In yeah, the in the in the team of the year, he exactly. was. Yeah. yeah, and now he's he's only 20 years old, and um, like as bad as Real Madrid looks at the moment, they have probably the best selection of talents all over Europe at the moment. I yeah. think they they the, the, the guys they have look amazing. Yeah, if you see him playing, he doesn't look like that. He's 20 years no. old. He has flair, like he's like he's actually like he actually plays a little bit of an old man game where he's not moving as much and mm. more plays like a 35 year old who's smarter than everybody well, that's just intelligence isn't it yeah, really? I love yeah. it. football intelligence but will he make it back to Madrid or do you see him sort of being permanently farmed out to a different club I mean I guess that he's going to be one of the a top players for the last for the next five, six, seven years. If he already can fit in Real Madrid, we have the example with Ceballos that he was an amazing player as well. And this season he had to go to London because he didn't find his space in Real Madrid. So it's quite hard. If he can keep this intelligent decision to be another season in that project in San Sebastián, probably he will even grow more and he could come back to, to Real Madrid in a, in a best in a best moment because right now Real Madrid is, is quite a big issue. But but yeah, of course, as as we were, we were saying here, Real Madrid has a really big ta talents around the world and, and Odegaard will, will be back in Madrid. Okay. Uh, is it true that the ball in Spain is invisible? Honestly, I didn't notice about that. When I was reading that some teams were complaining and... You're shaking your head, you didn't what? know this? The ball in Spain is invisible. Like a winter ball in for like... They just the take it out. Months. I mean, from now it's again the the, yeah. the, 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 the the old ball. But I didn't notice about it. I was watching matches in yeah, me too. weekend. Well, you didn't notice the ball go missing? Or? No. no, no, I was watching perfectly. Even I was asking some, some friends, what happened with the ball? Because some teams are complaining about that. And for us, it was, was not an issue at all. Maybe it's different if you're on the field. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta but, ask you, was it like a very colourful ball? Yeah, it's like pink, pink. yeah. Oh, probably when it was high blue. in front of the crowd, then you couldn't see it. It's, it's ugly. In this so the setting sun of Spain it was difficult to see the ball yeah. Yeah. we are talking October in Spain it's still sunny I don't think so it's the right moment to put a ball that it's that it's made for being playing in yeah. snow and in, in winter but you know at the end it's marketing Christmas is, Christmas is coming the children want a new present and that ball was a good winter ball from yeah. the ball that they can't see no I swear it's there it's <laughs> <laughs> Christmas present yeah. ever it's an imaginary Christmas uh, Porik yes why is Granit Xhaka so angry he's a very angry man isn't he no he's not a very oh yes angry. he is oh he was um, get, get a, bit, a little bit of background for the people at home yeah the Arsenal last weekend were 2-0 up against Crystal Palace at home and then as Arsenal sometimes do they, the game got away from them a bit and it was to each so Emery That's decided a way of putting it yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm being nice I have Arsenal friends so <laughs> some of my best friends are Arsenal fans some of fans. my best friends are Arsenal fans <laughs> and uh, yeah so Emery decided to bring Xhaka off and uh, I think the crowd I think at first the crowd were a bit just anxious to see him go off because they were chasing the game they wanted him to hurry off he was taking his time so that Frustration turned into booze. Shaka didn't take it too well. He mouthed to the crowd to F off. You can Took curse on this podcast, it's okay. I'm too polite for that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then took his jersey off, was really angry, went straight down the tunnel. I think a lot of his teammates were quite upset about it as well. They were quite like shocked to see it happen because although it's, it's kind of weird, it's not like the first time it's happened at Arsenal. Like it, stuff like that has happened before. But with uh, Abue, was Abue the, was the was bad. The yeah, when he example. came on as a substitute and then was playing so badly and was booed so much that they took him back off again for his own good, which the ultimate indignity, isn't it? A sub being subbed, but. It is a bit. Not yeah. a fan of the Arsenal crowd, to be honest. I've seen it, like you said, it's but not happening for the first time. I'm so I'm interested to know where all of you stand on this, and maybe we'll we'll go around the room on it. We all know what happened. Uh, the big question now is who was in the wrong, or or should Shaka apologise? Manu, what do you think? In my opinion, when you are taking your T-shirt and you are throwing away, it's really a disrespect action. Um, so I guess that Shaka should apologize what he did. But that's true that, I mean, the supporters of Arsenal is not the first time that they are viewing uh, their own players. So they should look themselves and say, should we do that? I mean, at the end, they are my players. They are defending my color. So I don't know. It's quite a complication situation. Yeah. I think you put it quite right. I think at the beginning the fans were, were wrong for booing him and the way they booed him off the food was just a night and that. But then throwing your, your, 
you can't throw the jersey on the ground. I mean, come on. Uh, I don't. Do I don't think he did do that. I don't. No? Okay. I think he took the jersey off, but I don't think that he actually ever like physically threw it. the jersey away. But the way but he, he like he, ripped it off his body, yeah, is, like, yeah. you know, very. So what I would. I would like the fans to apologize, but how's that going to happen? Like, so I think, yes, he's going to end up apologizing, and I hope they can get over it. I don't know. I'm like Team Jack. I can, I can see why. I'm also, this is going to split the podcast. I'm Team Jack. Yeah. No, he's getting reams of abuse yeah. from fans. So am I. Don't get me wrong. But just. He, but yeah, but like what, what annoys me about this situation is, right? We've all been to football grants, we've all screamed things of footballers. <laughs> Things you probably can't say here. Things that you can't say here, yeah. even though this is a cursing podcast. <laughs> but right, but as soon as somebody sh- like a player in this example says something back, all of a sudden everybody's sensitive over it. <laughs> True. When they've just screamed even worse abuse, I just. Uh, right, I'm team. Ch- I'm team Jacka. I change. I mean, this guy, uh, his, his, he's in a very emotional. I think he's an emotional yeah, character. I think, I think he is. Yeah. You see that from the the amount of red cards that he gets. Uh, but he, you know, he's experienced being captain. He was where he was captain at uh, Gladbach, right? Yeah. Uh, he's captain of Switzerland, he's, so he's captain material. Let's get that question out of the way. Uh, and uh, he, you know, his wife has just had a baby. There's so much going on for Shaka right now. I really think the fans were in the wrong on this one. I, I can see, I can can see why they they got frustrated with him because I don't know. Like, if I if I was the Arsenal manager, I don't even know if he would be in my starting eleven. Like, I don't know if he would get in a hit. Like, to me, it's a mystery that Lucas Torreira doesn't play. I think he's just a better player. Than I, I don't think Emery trusts him. I think <laughs> yeah, but he's it's like he's tried to use him as like a number ten and stuff before, which is just a bit weird to me. But <laughs> Lucas Torreira's many things. Yeah, he's but not a he's, number 10. he's not Mesut Ozil. Yeah, so like I can see why the fans get angry with him, but I don't know. It's a weird one. Like I've only booed a player in the stadium once before, and then I did like regret it as well. So who did you, who did you boo? Uh, Dedrick Boyata. Oh, Hertha's fan favourite. Yeah. Why did you boo Boyata? Because he. Do you want to admit this on the podcast? Yeah, no, he, he pretty much he, like he's denied it since, but it looked as if he like faked an injury to get out of playing Champions League playoff, and then Celtic had to play a, a younger player who's awful <laughs> in, the, in that game and got knocked out of the Champions League, and then the next home game. I like did it at first and then kind of regretted it a little and then as football does boy I scored the winner that day and <laughs> <laughs> ended up cheering him by the end of the game but I did like regret that at the time so okay. I, I just want to back to Arsenal real quick I think that Emery is probably Arsenal's biggest problem ah oh, that's it that's my, yeah. my next question uh, there's oh. so much anger around Arsenal these days there is. and I'm wondering how much should be directed at Emery just from, from somebody who's not watching every Arsenal game when it's not like obviously I follow football in the Premier League but not as close as you guys I just feel like that all the stuff that happens around Arsenal he's moderating in it in probably the worst way possible um, the entire Ozil thing now the, the Granit Chaka thing um, clearly the fans in parts at least don't really trust him anymore I just think that probably he's the biggest problem I would be surprised if the players still trust him Yeah, because he came out and said oh Shaka should apologise I just can't imagine Alex Ferguson doing that no no he would protect or, yeah, or Mourinho I can't imagine Mourinho doing oh, no. that or if he wanted you to apologise you would apologise whereas yeah. Emery has said publicly he wants Shaka to apologise and apparently Shaka has no intention of doing that did he have these same problems in Spain because he was so successful in Spain maybe it's a, a linguist like a, a language thing I don't know I mean Diego had a lot of problems when he was training in Valencia even if he was doing well because in Valencia he was always getting the third position he was booing for his his fans a lot of times but that's true that in Sevilla he won three Europa Leagues in a row so in Spain his status is still quite good but I mean it's not the same when you are training Valencia or Sevilla when you are in London training Arsenal that's that's my point oh, you mean more pressure at Arsenal yeah, yeah. Uh, is he going to have the captaincy taken away from him do you think Arsenal have about 50 captains in their yeah, squad yeah well already. that's the thing they've got their five captains don't they but this is like Nico was saying like Emery seems like 
such a weak kind of manager that you wouldn't be surprised in like a few weeks if the whole thing gets walked back and Shaq is captain again. Personally, I think he will. He probably will lose it, but like it wouldn't surprise you at all if it all blows over. And I don't see Emery breath brave enough to say Shaka, you're not going to be my exactly, captain. exactly. I just think he's oh, quite a weak, weak manager. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long before Emery gets the chop seems to be the question. Like, if, to be honest, I would. I almost. I'm not an Arsenal fan, and I've lost patience with like watching them <laughs> under him. Like they're so frustrating that, like that. That is not a bad team, and some of the players that he uses in certain ways or doesn't use, like Ozil, was marginalised for weeks, and then he played at Anfield on Wednesday night and played quite well and showed how good he is. So, yeah. If, um, I've lost all patience. The Ozil thing is weird. Yeah. It's... And he doesn't even get into match day squats. So strange. Yeah. It is it's weird. Ozil also, you got to say though, is, uh, he is quite a character himself, right? Mm. And he's always... Even still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think um, with all we know about Emery and all we, we just talked about, um, having somebody that is not that easy to manage, it feels like Emery's not a fan of these kind of players. But just say... Where was Emery before? PSG. Yeah. Yeah. See what I did there. Uh, a couple of amazing stats I picked up uh, potentially from I think it might be from Lewis Ambrose actually. Uh, Thirty points from their last twenty Premier League games. Won just three league games under Emery by more than two goals. Kept ten clean sheets in forty-eight league games. It's a, the stats aren't kind to him. No, the stats aren't kind. The style isn't there. That, that's another thing. Like I think Arsenal fans would be like happy enough to maybe forgive it if, like with Wenger, it might not have been good, but at least the football was fun to watch. This is just bad results, bad to watch. Mm. If only they could put together a cup run. <laughs> Well, that got away from them. <laughs> got away from them. Yeah, that's a, yeah. One of the craziest games you'll ever see last night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. 19 it was, goals in total. Yeah. yeah, there was more goals in the, the game than there was in the penalty shootout. I, this, oh, that's amazing. Mm. That's got to be the first time that's ever happened. Probably. No, no, I don't think. Because no? I think there's been a lot of like, was it the Milan-Liverpool Champions League final? I, th- I think that might have been a low-scoring shootout. Maybe, mm-hmm. and it was like three each in the game. No, but it's so. still an amazing start. Yeah. We just want to race out just real quick back to the German Cup because you just mentioned a shootout. Oh, yeah. uh, yesterday, Nuremberg played versus Kaiserslautern, mm-hmm. and um, all looked like Kaiserslautern were going to win it in the regular time. But then in the 19th minute, you know, when the goalkeeper like drops the ball and somebody's standing behind him, so the guy stole basically stole the ball, ah. scored for the equalizer. What happens now is they all have no subs left, yeah. and ah, the, yeah. short before the end, the Nuremberg goalkeeper gets sent up with the red card and they played a shootout with their fullback and goal yeah. <gasps> it was incredible wow. he did not save one he oh. touched two of them he didn't yeah. save and guys uh, went through but it was, I need to I need to tell that story oh, I love and when those, yeah, I love when play, outfield players go and, and he's goal. like a meter 80 so I, my first thing was like just it, put something Tall and maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Tall and big. Um, it's been a week now since Leicester's route of Southampton. Uh, win that leaves them in third place in the league. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Rogers, he's doing some good things there. Yes. <laughs> Insert yes. joke here about him taking over a big club. Ah, oh, yes, yes. He'll uh, be at a big club again soon enough, I'm sure. Uh, so they're ahead, just to put it in context, they're ahead of Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, Man United. What's I mean? You're a man who's got experience under Brendan Rodgers. Yes. What's What's he doing so well there at Leicester? I just think he's just he's a really really good coach. Like it is, I think it's just that simple. That and one of the things that was really good, like when he was at Celtic, obviously, and it's the same at Leicester. He can change a game. Like he can see quite quickly where things are going wrong, and he can change a game in an instant, like with substitutes or tactically. I just think he's one of the the best coaches in the league. I say it through gritted teeth, but he's smiling he's, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, but I I think it's only a, a matter of time before. Um, I don't think he'll be at Leicester very long. I think he'll do he'll do to them what he did to me, Ian. And you want to mention a possible suggestion? Of where he could go, I I thought I thought the Just Arsenal job was all, about Arsenal, yeah, yeah yeah. But I always thought that job was was suited to him. Um, I think that'd be good. But 
don't know if you'd look at that now and be like, oh, I'm doing quite well with Leicester, you know, this, this is a really good team, like, maybe that's, but in terms of stature, I suppose that that's a big one, Tottenham yeah. would be a big one. I've seen some people try to talk the last few days about Man City if Pep were to leave. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think that might have been Brendan himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and like Liverpool and Man United are probably off limits, but I think it's it's only a matter of time. Okay, I'm contractually obliged to say that Mourinho has also been uh, mentioned with the Arsenal job. Yeah. <sighs> and Tottenham, I think. Mourinho at Arsenal hook it up to my veins is what I would say you're just desperate are you like Mourinho's agent or something you're desperate to get him back in football he's entertaining football's entertainment I like to see Mourinho do his football is not I don't like him to see yeah yes football's not entertaining that's true Uh, but I don't like him obviously to you know stick stick his finger in people's eyes that sort of thing but you know when he's doing all these press conferences and he's trolling that's fun that's where I quite like I really have got no time for him but as a pundit he's okay he's tolerable yeah I think maybe that's just him and Roy stick- Keane together yeah it's mm, an explosive mm. studio I just don't see any team pay him the amount of money he wants to oh well maybe he has changed now and he since he wasn't that successful the last few years maybe he's willing to take a job for less money but thinking about what he earned in the in the past I just can't see any team say alright here are you 15 million pounds or whatever it is per, mm. per year I think there's clubs that like he brings co- like he brings success though even if okay Man United wasn't great but they, they won uh, they won the Europa League with him uh, yeah they, they Europa League I mean it's a European I know trophy. it's like a step down 50% from the United It's, it's 50% that? of the European trophies you could win. Well, yet. We're just getting our third cup. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, It's probably a too big a step down from and he wouldn't take it. But see, even like a job like Newcastle or like a massive family. Like you saw what Benitez did there. He's probably not going to win trophies. And I don't know how much he'd really be interested in a club where he can't win. Everton. So maybe Everton's, yeah, maybe Everton's the one that yeah. that you'd look at because they're willing to spend money. They've got a decent squad, and but they've already got one defensive Portuguese coach in charge now. So. I don't know. I, I guess that he's waiting for the option to train in France, PSG. I mean, it's the easiest way. He knows that whatever he does, he's going to win the League One. So his statue is going to. Yeah, keep stable and he's waiting for that but let us see what happened with Tuchel but for sure Tuchel as all of the big coaches in the world they want to train in Premier League so he will try to to jump to England as soon as possible also, also suit very well I think Where, the, the, Premier the, the Premier League, League yeah. yeah I talk at PSG just doesn't seem to make sense to not me. at all especially since he's uh, it's like uh, your dad wearing cool shoes or something. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah we're done yeah, that's exactly it's okay, exactly what very it is. good uh, other than the 19 goal thriller uh, between Arsenal and uh, <laughs> Liverpool anything else you want to mention from the League Cup uh, the, Oxford the, United the rest was great routine. yeah we, we have a English desk derby now Oxford United Man City in the next round mm, that's Alex Mott against Dan Burke yeah that's right that'll yeah. be that'll be interesting the Mott Burke Mott Burke Derby is it's a household name. quite literally divided um, yeah Rash from that Rashford's goal Rashford's free kick was wow. about it the rest was, it was incredible routine. but that that was amazing because we were watching that last night and we first saw it when and we were like oh that's, that's an incredible goal and then you see one of the replays and you think oh that's definitely took a deflection it's, it's moved too much and then you see like another replay you're like what he's just caught that mm. so well and he's another one like it's his birthday today actually still only I think he just turns 22 happy today. birthday Marcus Rashford yeah. yes happy, Hall- happy Halloween Marcus yeah and happy birthday Ansu Fati as well Oh, oh, right, it's his birthday too. It's also my friend Dave's birthday. Hey, oh. Dave, happy birthday. Hey, shout out to you. Uh, we have a question from one of our listeners, Patrick Conway, who's in Korea. It doesn't say north or south. I guess so. Probably, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you never know. Could be. Uh, we do have. Uh, you got that by a mail, though, right? I did get it from like email. No, so. no, no. It was sent by pigeon. Oh. So. <laughs> uh, the, uh, Patrick asks, or Paddy asks, uh, there have been a lot of rule changes in the game recently. If the panel could, get, could each give us, suggest a rule change to improve football, what would it be? He says he'd make it handball only if it's contacted by the actual hand. And not the arm. I'll get it rolling. I hate when people get uh, yellow carded for 
taking off their jerseys when they celebrate. That to me... Can yeah, absolutely get behind. Like I said before, the amount of times, the chances of you scoring a goal, uh, you know, compared to the amount of people in the world is minimal and you should be allowed to celebrate it to the maximum amount. Yeah. In general, a, a yellow, yellow card seems... Uh, everything connected to celebrations. Yeah. If oh, you're not, so if you're not you're doing like some yellow political gestures or shit, then... Yeah. Yeah, shit. yeah. yeah. okay. Anybody else got a... I don't like the this Offside. new change to the handball thing I don't like that the, if it just hits your arm in the build up to a goal and you score then it's that, like that do you remember the Man City Tottenham game earlier this season where City scored the goal in the last minute and Laporte's not even aware that the ball is he's not intended to touch it with his arm at all and goals are getting disallowed where there's no intent to play it with your arm that one's really Pissing me off, Ian. Okay, the Germany's a bit of basically everything close to the hand is a penalty now. Yeah. Yesterday in the cup, there were penalty given by a guy who shot his own arm. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. 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 Uh, or else, a rule I'd bring in is that the last last man back can be goalkeeper. That's always could be. Oh, mm-hmm. what like you like when you're playing five aside? Yeah, when you're playing five aside. Yeah. You could have like a flying exchange. Is a thing? Is it a German oh, thing? Yeah. Where the goalkeeper can run off and then another, uh, oh, yeah. and can switch back. That'd, that'd be nice. Yeah, be interesting. Do you want to suggest a rule change or something that annoys you? But to be honest, no idea. I mean, I remember like a long time ago in MLS, kind of hockey penalties. Yeah, that's right. It could yeah. be fun. Yeah. It could be fun in football yeah, too. I didn't mind that. What's this? The well, penalty you, shootouts you where they were running the, towards the goalkeeper. Yeah, you put the ball on like the center circle and you have so like seconds, five or ten yeah. seconds to, to get the ball into the net like really? in hockey you, you just, go one you against one rubbing. against the goalkeeper and you have to try to, to in, score in the goal in ice hockey or field hockey it was happening no, no, in ice it hockey in, and they did it in MLS in United States in football oh, okay. too maybe 20, 20 years ago yeah. Yeah. wow and the goalkeeper obviously is free to move too so he doesn't yeah. have to stay in goal do you want to tell us how much you love the Berlin ice hockey team I actually don't love, love them that much. The fans are great though. Uh, oh, okay. Great I just when we were talking about it earlier, got very enthusiastic. Yeah, because they have great chance. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. But the Berlin derby is on the weekend, by the way. First time ever um, Union versus Hertha in the German first division. In the week of reunification. Well, that's right, yeah. Yes, in the. Well, it's the week of the Mauer files so when the wall came down. Yes. Not the, yeah, not quite yet. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You, you knew where I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, who's going to win? Um, I actually think Union. It's in Union, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. in the uh, first away. Oh, wow. Yes. Boyata winner. I'm going to redeem myself and yeah. get back in his good books. <laughs> I'll predict that for him. He's still angry at you. <laughs> I don't blame him. I was saying Boyata to quote a Simpsons <laughs> reference. Very, very good. Okay, that's all from us today. Uh, my thanks to Manu Porig and Nico. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch, like Paddy in North Korea, uh, the address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com. I love you.